We're going to turn our Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. John chapter 3, from verse 1 onwards. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are brought in God. Praise be to God. Shall we pray? Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory 
of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 3, verse 1. There's a conversation going on between Nicodemus and Jesus Christ. Nicodemus was a man who was someone who studied the law, who knew about the law, and he was a ruler of the Jews. Even though in the eyes of the world, according to the people living, who lived during those days, he was a knowledgeable man. He knew that he lacked when it came to the truth that came from heaven. Before Jesus Christ, Nicodemus fell short. He knew that Jesus knew more than him. Jesus had the truth. Jesus had something more than what Nicodemus had. Nicodemus had the letter of the law, but Jesus had the spirit of the letter. Praise be to God. So, the Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts at this hour, knowing the letter of the law is not sufficient, but knowing the Spirit of God who is behind the letter of the Word of God is the most important. Without the letter, we won't know the Spirit. It's important to know the letter, but without the Spirit, the letter will just be a letter. We will not understand the heart of God. We will not understand the intentions of God. We will not understand what God is really speaking to us. So in order to understand the Word of God, we need the Spirit of God. That's why Jesus said, The Father seeketh who? What type of worship? He's looking for people who worship Him in spirit and in truth. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, not my words. The Father, He seeks those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. Not people who just recite a prayer, read a prayer, or read a book. That's not prayer. True prayer is led by the Spirit of God who fills the people of God. When the Spirit of God fills a man or a woman, the Spirit of God prays through such people. The Father is looking for people who are led by the Spirit of God, who praise being led by the Spirit of God. Not just what we want to pray, not what we want to say, and not what we think is right, or how people will hear, how will I sound. And those are all carnal means 
and these will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those prayers will not get past the ceiling. It will not go past our four walls. But if we really want the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to answer our prayers, if we really want the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to answer our prayers, if we really want the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to answer our prayers, we must be people who listen to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and be led by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to emphasize that this morning. If we really want to have God listen to our prayers, then we should be people who would listen to the voice of God, not do our own thing. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. It's not going to happen. Our ways, our thoughts, our actions, our behavior, when it goes contrary to the Spirit of God, our own words, our own actions will condemn us. This is what God says in His Word. But if we live according to the Spirit of God, who leads us through the Word of God, inspired by the Spirit of God, then we will live and not die spiritually. So Nicodemus over here, the teacher of the law, a ruler in the synagogue, came to Jesus by night. You know why? He was the ruler of the synagogue and he wanted to stay with it. He wanted to play both. He wanted to get somebody is unmuted. He wanted to play both. He wanted to be a ruler in the synagogue and have the position there. And he also wanted to come to Jesus Christ and find out the answers to eternal life. And so, even though he had the privilege that the rest of the people had, that he could attend and he could talk to Jesus during the day and he could follow Jesus Christ wherever Jesus went and also be one among his disciples. He lost the privilege of being the closest or one among the closest to Jesus Christ because he wanted to hold on to earthly power. He wanted to hold on to earthly titles earthly relationships where he wanted to be a somebody in the eyes of the people who are actually nobody before God. May God help us to understand the value system that will be eternal. What God respects alone is going to stand forever. What God despises will be utterly despised. We must be people who understand heaven's value system and give priority to what matters to God. And what matters to God must matter to us. What does not matter to God or what God hates, we must hate. Our life is too short and there's no time to play games. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Nicodemus, because he wanted to hold on to the Jewish synagogue, he came to Jesus by night he thought, I can go to Jesus when nobody is there. 
I can go to Jesus. Nobody will know that I'm going to go and talk to Jesus Christ. Nobody in the synagogue will know if I go and talk to Jesus Christ by night. I can get his blessings by night, and then I can be somebody during the day when I go and be in the synagogue. Who was the loser? Not Jesus. Nicodemus. He didn't get the revelation that Mary, Lazarus' sister, got, who sat at the feet of Jesus. She openly sat at the feet of Jesus. People during her lifetime, they all knew Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus loved Martha. Jesus loved Mary. Every time he went by Bethany, he stayed at their place. It was known to everyone. Not so with Nicodemus. Nicodemus had a a different life. His heart was, oh, I want God. I want the truth. But you know what? I cannot leave the synagogue. I'll hold on to the synagogue. I'll just be the ruler there. I don't want to leave the title. If they know that I am a worshiper of the Lord Jesus Christ, then... I'll have to leave the synagogue. And I don't want to leave the synagogue. You know, all my family know that I'm part of the synagogue. And all my community know that. And I don't want to lose this position. What did he gain by that? Nothing. What did he lose by that? He lost a lot because his time with Jesus Christ that he lost what the disciples like Mary gained it could never be gained by him ever again when we try to please men when we try to please people when we know what the truth is but I will still hold on to the lie when I know what the truth is but I will still do what I want to do God is not the loser. We end up losing. But in spite of all of this, Jesus still showed his love to Nicodemus. And Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, who came to him by night. He came to Jesus Christ by night. And he is telling Jesus Christ, Oh, I know who you are. I know you our teacher, and you came from God. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. While Nicodemus cannot do any of these signs, what is Nicodemus doing in the synagogue? While Nicodemus knows that Jesus is from God, what is he doing without following Jesus Christ? While Nicodemus knew very well that Jesus Christ had the words of eternal life, what is Nicodemus doing in the synagogue? What is he doing? Oh, Nicodemus, what business do you have there? When you have the knowledge that Jesus Christ came from God. What business do you have in the synagogue? When you know that no one can do these signs unless God is with him. Nicodemus must ask himself this question. Well, if God is with Jesus and Jesus is doing all these signs, 
And I'm not seeing any of these things in my synagogue where I am. What is happening here? Where should I be? Should I be where Jesus is or should I continue to be a ruler in the synagogue? But Jesus was so good. Because even to Pharisees and even to the lawyer who came to Jesus, whoever it was, when they came with a question, Jesus always answered the question. He gave a very honest reply to those questions because he wanted all men to know the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But is it an automatic process? So Jesus Christ here, knowing that Nicodemus was a Pharisee and he came by night, he didn't say, okay, you need to come during the day. I'm not going to answer your question. And uh, I only have time for those who come during the day. No. All those who came to him, he was entertaining this all the time, but he gave them all a chance. And he gave Nicodemus a chance. Well, he answered Nicodemus's question. And he spoke to him in depth about eternal life. A very important topic. A very important topic that Jesus addressed that is very important to each one of us and to all those who would come after us until the world ends. Which is what it what it is to be really born again. What does that mean? Who can really go to heaven and who will not go to heaven? Who cannot go to heaven? These are very important questions that everyone should answer. Just because we are born into a Christian family or we are born into a Jewish family or we are born into any family doesn't mean that we are going to go to heaven or hell. Every person needs to make the choice. And the choice is to follow God's word. The Bible says, Jesus said this, the word of God will judge us at the end of the day. So it's not about what a human being said, what a rabbi said, what a priest said. What did God say? What does God's word say? Because prophet, priest, rabbi, are not the ones who are going to judge us. The Word of God, God Himself, who is the Word, He will judge us according to the Word of God. So it is important for us to know the Bible, know the truth. As I was saying a few minutes ago through the Spirit of God, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But, Many people think that knowing the truth is hearing the truth. Hearing the truth and knowing the truth are two different things. We need to hear the truth in order to know the truth. But if we just hear the truth and stop there, then we will be bound. We will stay bound. 
But if we hear the truth and we become doers of the truth, is at that point we really have come to know the truth. And those who know the truth are the ones who will be free, who will be set free by the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Nicodemus came to Jesus Christ by night and he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, but no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So with such a powerful, powerful miracle ministry that Jesus had, with such a powerful, powerful teacher that Jesus was, his word has so much power. Nicodemus still chose to stay with the synagogue and come to him during the night. May God help us to never be like this. To miss out everything that God has for us. For the sake of honor that comes from man. Or friendship that comes from man. May we never missed fellowship, true fellowship that comes from God. Jesus answered him and said to him, verse 3, John chapter 3, verse 3, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus comes and he says, Oh, teacher, there's no teacher like you. Oh, teacher, I've never seen anyone do signs and wonders like you. You definitely came from God. I know that. We all know that. He's coming and flattering Jesus Christ over here. Jesus didn't say, well, say on, say on, keep on saying more about me. No. Jesus was not into flattery. Jesus actually did not like flattery. He was a man when he was a human being, as a son of God and son of man. Was mission-minded and a heart full of compassion. He was a man full of compassion with God's mission occupying his mind every second of the day. So when Nicodemus just came and he just was talking to him, he he came for a reason. There was something that he wanted to know that urged him to come during the night. He didn't want to come during the day. He came during the night because he saw the power of God in Jesus. So I want to come. But I want to come when no one sees me. I want to come. And I want to get the blessing and go. And Jesus talks to him. He says, Look, Nicodemus. You cannot even see the kingdom of God. You cannot even see. It's not about even entering. You cannot even see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again. And this goes for every single person. Jesus Christ is telling something very important to him. Nicodemus, you can be a Pharisee. You can be a ruler of the synagogue. You can hold a title. You can hold a position. You can even know from cover to cover the Torah. But you know what? You cannot see. You cannot even see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again. And Nicodemus is baffled by the statement that came from the mouth of the Son of God. 
He says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? How can a man be born? It's more of, I want to know. I'm curious, how can this happen? It's not like, oh, wow. This has not happened to me. I have not had this experience. So do you mean that I'm not going to see the kingdom of God? I'm not going to enter in? I'm not going to see? I don't even know what it is. Jesus, can you tell me more? No. It was more Jesus said something important. Now he is trying to come with a question. How can this happen? When a person is already born and he is old, he can't go into a mother's womb the second time. How can this happen? What is this? That kind of a question. And Jesus patiently answers him. He says this, verse 5, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless a person who is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. There are two things that Jesus Christ speaks here. One is seeing the kingdom of God. And secondly, entering in to the kingdom of God. Jesus says over here, if you're not born again, you're never going to see the kingdom of God. Then Jesus says, if you're not born of the water and of the Spirit, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of God. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. In our spirit, there has to be a rebirth. We're all made of spirit, soul, and body. A human being was born of the flesh. The first time we are born in this world, we are born of the flesh. Our spirit and our soul has not been regenerated. If we have to enter into heaven, into the kingdom of heaven, we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven because someone sprinkled some water on our head and said you got baptized and someone took us to church and did something when we didn't know what it was. We're not going to go to heaven that way. Nobody gets to heaven that way. Every human being must be born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God must work in the spirit of man and there must be a rebirth taking place in the spirit of a human being through the Spirit of God. Every person who is born of the flesh must be born of the Spirit of God through the working of the Holy Spirit in the spirit of a human being. Every human being who is born of the flesh must be born of the Word of God, the Son of God, who gave Himself for us and must be born of the water. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. The work of God that needs to be done in the spirit of man 
is a work that God alone can do with our cooperation, not without our cooperation, with our cooperation. And Jesus says here very clearly, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. These two are two separate things, Nicodemus. You being born through your mom's womb the first time is a whole separate thing. When we die, we're not taking our bodies. Our body stays here, but the spirit has to go. Well, when the spirit has to go, it has to be the spirit of God who has worked in the spirit of man, where the spirit of man has come into a state of sonship, becoming God's daughter or son in the kingdom of heaven by the spirit of God working, and there has to be a rebirth or a birth that is taking place in the spirit. The spirit of a human being must be born in the kingdom of God, just like a birth is taking place in this world. In the kingdom of heaven, birth must take place. If that is not there, if we are not there, if our spirits are not documented in the senses of heaven, in the book of life, then we cannot enter there because we are not citizens of heaven then at that point. No matter how long we've been in a church, no matter how long you've been paying your tithes and offerings and doing charity work and going to church and attending the Bible study and doing all kinds of things and going to fasting prayer and Observing everything, all will be in vain if we have not given our lives over to the Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And our spirits have not been regenerated by the Spirit of God. Jesus says this very, very clearly over here. More than any book, the book of all books, the Holy Bible, is the most important book. If we don't know this, if we don't care to know this, one day we will. And that will be too late. Study the Word of God. Don't please men. Please God. Know the Word of God. Make wise decisions based on the Word of God. Know that this Word of God will cause us to live or this Word of God will become the avenue that eternal death will come if we don't abide by this Word of God. Jesus says this here, verse 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. If you want to underline, underline the word must. You must be born again. Jesus emphasized that you must be born again. You must be born again. Without this, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it. But cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus says this so beautifully here. Just like how you cannot see with your physical eyes 
how the wind blows. We can't see the wind, but we can see the effect of it. No one can see when a person is born of the Spirit. While the process is taking place, nobody can see how this is happening. But you can see the effect of it, where the person's life changes. Where all of a sudden the way they talk changes. All of a sudden they don't, they don't lie anymore. All of a sudden they don't steal anymore. All of a sudden they stop committing adultery. All of a sudden they become faithful. All of a sudden they love the word. All of a sudden they want to talk about the word. All of a sudden they want to tell others about Jesus. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, they're not living for themselves anymore. All of a sudden, they become loving. All of a sudden, the way they interact with their family members change. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the change is visible. Let me tell you this. If anyone, anyone, would call themselves a born-again Christian or a born again believer saying that oh I'm born again I have Jesus do I have you know I said the sinner's prayer but their life has not changed the people around them cannot bear witness to the change in the behavior then they have not really been born again absolutely according to God's word because just like you cannot see the wind, but you can see the effect of it. When a person is born again, you must see, you will see the effect of that rebirth. You will see. Just like when a baby is born. As soon as the baby is born, you hear the baby cry. You know that, oh, this is not a still birth. This is a live birth. The baby cried. You can hear the baby once the baby is born. If a person is truly born again, you will hear life in that believer. Not simply going to church, but the Word of God will become alive in the lives of such people. The love for the Word of God will become visible in the lives of such people. Living for self will change. All of a sudden, they care about others. About everything. Their love for God is visible. They want to do the right thing. All of a sudden, they want others to know about this Jesus. They won't just keep it to themselves. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. As Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, he's speaking to us today. What is the effect of the wind? How can we translate that? What is Jesus meaning over here? He's talking about bearing fruit unto repentance. If we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, then our lives will show that we belong to Him. If we belong to Him, then our lives will show that we belong to Him. There's no such thing as being a secret Christian. There's no such thing as being an undercover Christian. When people 
see you, they must see Jesus. When people hear you, they must hear Jesus. When people come in contact with you, they must come in contact with Jesus. That's the effect of the wind. They know, oh, strong winds. Look at all the leaves all over. Oh, very strong wind. Look at the branch broken over there. Oh, very strong wind. Oh, what I left over here in the front porch is not here. It's gone. Why? Because the wind passed by. You know, the effect of the wind. When people come in contact with truly born-again believers, they will say, Oh, I can see Jesus. I heard something that I've never heard before that made an imprint, a permanent mark in my life. Not simply sitting and debating over some worthless thing. Not simply sitting and talking over some frivolous thing. Not simply sitting and arguing over something that means nothing to God. It's not about talk. It's about our obedience to God, our walk with the Lord. And it has to be Spirit-led. If we are not led by the Spirit of God, the Bible says, these are not my words, we are not of His. We don't belong to Him. If we are not led by the Spirit of God, we do not belong to Him. No matter how Many times we can call ourselves, oh, I'm a daughter of God, I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God, and you know, I'm a friend of God. We can say all those things. The scariest thing is when God looks at us and says, I don't know you, who are you? You can call yourself whatever you want, but God is the one who has to let us know. God is the one who has to bear witness to that, to say that you're in the fold. In order for God to bear witness, to our living, we must live according to God's word. Then the word of God will bear witness to our walk. We're led by the Spirit of God. Our worship must be led by the Spirit of God. Our prayers must be led by the Spirit of God. Our fellowship must be led by the Spirit of God. Our communion must be led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will always lead us through the word of God. Without the word of God, there's no truth in it. So, if the Holy Spirit is leading us, He will lead us through His word. His word. His word. His word. And when His word is present, it must be present with the Spirit of God. That's the difference between a Pharisee using the Torah and Jesus Christ speaking the words of eternal life. That's the difference between Nicodemus and Jesus Christ. Nicodemus was able to come to Jesus and tell him that, you know what, you are a teacher from God. So who are you, Nicodemus? Who are you? Nicodemus very well knew who he was, yet he didn't have the hunger and desire that even the common people had who ran after Jesus Christ wherever Jesus went. To hear him speak. Nicodemus came by night. Oh, how much Nicodemus lost? How many, how many miracles? How many 
times Jesus would have preached, how many times Jesus would have healed, how many times Jesus would have said the most important things many, many times. Nicodemus missed all of those things. Why? Because he chose to live a double life. He chose to hold on to this world and try to hold on to God as well. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. He had to come out one day. Nicodemus had to come out one day as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. But until then, he missed a lot. Until then, he didn't gain what God had for him. May God help us to have the humility that we need to have. Help us to have the understanding that we need to have in order to forsake what we need to forsake and gain what we need to gain. I'm going to go over a few more verses as the Holy Spirit wants me to and then we will conclude for this morning. So Jesus says all these important truths to Nicodemus and Nicodemus is again saying the same thing. How can this be? He said the same thing a few verses prior to that and Jesus explained. That's why he explained to him because he's saying, oh, you know, once you're born again, how can you go into your mother's womb? This is not possible. How can this be? That's what he said before. After Jesus explained all these things, he's asking the same question again. How can this be? This is not going to happen. How can this be? Jesus. Jesus said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Very strong, strong sentence. Jesus is explaining all these things to Nicodemus and he's trying to come up again and again with the same thing. It's not possible. What are you talking about, Lord? And Jesus says to Nicodemus, You're a teacher, Nicodemus. You don't even know these things. How come you're a teacher? And you're a teacher of God's Word? And you don't know the Word? And you don't know the foundation of entering into the kingdom of God. And then Jesus is speaking further. What is Jesus doing here? Jesus is showing Nicodemus that he is a zero. In the eyes of the world he can be someone. In the eyes of the world he can have a position in the synagogue. Who cares? He's a zero when it comes to knowing the truth. He can be a teacher Imagine, people like these who teach, who don't even know the truth, who have the truth. What do the people have? What do the people get? Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we've seen. And you do not receive a witness. Jesus says, I explained all these things, but you know what? You don't have the faith to receive it. I'm telling you the truth. You don't have the faith to receive it. You don't know the truth. And when the truth is given, you're not receiving it. Why do you even come? 
verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus in a way that he can understand, giving him examples of how when you are born into this world, this is how you come into this world. But you need to be born just like that in the kingdom of heaven. And just like how you can see the effects of the wind. When someone is born in the kingdom of heaven, you will see the effects of the Spirit of God working in their lives. Everything will change. Whatever is of the old, whatever is of the past, whatever doesn't belong to God will all be blown away by the wind of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be in their life. That's genuine born again. You cannot be smoking and saying that I'm born again. You know, there are a lot of people who say, I know the Lord. You know, my brother knows the Lord. My sister knows the Lord. They all drink, they all smoke, but they all know the Lord. They all love the Lord. What a contradiction. What a contradiction. What a contradiction. How can you say you know the Lord or your family knows the Lord if they are walking in darkness? How can you say that your loved ones know the Lord or you know the Lord if you're living a life which is contrary to the word of God, which is against heaven, which is against heaven's principle, which is against God Almighty. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way in an earthly kingdom. It will not work that way in the heavenly kingdom. And God has spelled everything out so clearly. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. I'm reading verse 13. That is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What is Jesus saying over here? Nicodemus, you want to go to heaven? You need to believe in what Jesus Christ is saying to you. And Follow it. Obey it. If you don't, then you don't have eternal life. If you do, you will have eternal life. Very simple, isn't it? Very simple. How come majority are going to hell, as Jesus said, broad is the way, and most people are going to go to hell. Most people. Broad is the way. Most people are going to go to hell. Most people are going to hell. In every generation, majority of the people are going to hell. The majority of the people have gone to hell. If they didn't believe Jesus while he was here, as Jesus told to his people, when he spoke about the Lazarus and the rich man, how the rich man went to hell, and he was pleading with Abraham and asking him to send Lazarus who was dead and who is in heaven now to go back and tell his brothers, oh, hell is so horrible. No one can live in hell. Let him go and warn them so that they don't come and end up here. 
And Abraham says this, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, if they don't believe their words, they're not going to believe a dead man come back to life. So true. Jesus said this, so it has to be true. It is the truth. And God speaks through the shepherds that God has placed here. Through the prophets that God has placed here. Through the word of God. And we don't give ear to that. And there's no hope for such people. When they think that they know more, they think that they know better. They think that they are God themselves. Without saying it, they say it by the action. There's no hope for them. Jesus says that Nicodemus, I've told you all these things and you have no faith, you don't believe in me. He says, I came down from heaven and I'm the Son of God who is here. And if I have told you, if I would have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You're not ready, O teacher of the law. Number one, you don't know. Number two, you're not ready to receive. See, it's one thing we don't have. It's okay if you don't have and are ready to receive. God will give us. But when we don't have and when we are so full of pride and unbelief and we don't want to receive, we position ourselves to remaining a big that zero. To be empty forever. We all have nothing. But we go to God. That's why we go to God. And He pours into us so that we can have what He gives and gives what He has given to us to all those who are around us. And Nicodemus not only was a teacher of the law who did not know the word of God. It's not that he didn't study the word. It's not that he didn't know the Torah. No. It was just in his head with no understanding of what the word of God really meant. You can know the letter of the law without knowing the spirit behind. It's just paper. It's just paper in front of us. We don't know the heart of the Lord. We don't know the spirit of God. If we don't have the spirit of God to take those words, the word of God, to connect it with our spirit. If that doesn't happen, our soul is not going to grow. Our spirit will not be regenerated and we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says this over here. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ will have eternal life. A lot of people go to John chapter 3 verse 17 and stop right there. It's important for us not to stop at one verse or not look at the previous verse. Because Satan likes people who will take one verse and try to make a whole story out of it. Will try to take half a verse 
and build a doctrine out of it. Satan will fill those people with error. That's how many cults have been born, and many false religions have been born, and many have been misled into believing a lie going to the lake of fire. Jesus said this in verse 17, John chapter 3, verse 17. After John chapter 16, we all know 16. It's important to know 17. It is very important to know verse 18. And it's very important to know verse 19. It is very important to know verse 20. And it's very, very important to know verse 21. All these verses are very important, not just John 3.16. If you memorize John 3.16, I encourage you to memorize all the way through the last verse of this chapter. A few more verses, that's it. We should be able to memorize up to verse 21. God says all those who believe in Him, that means believe equals obey His word, will not perish but have everlasting life. Those are the only ones who will not perish. That means only those who follow the word of God, which is obey the word of God, will not perish but will have everlasting life. That means will be in heaven. Verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. A lot of people take this verse and they say, see, God never condemns the world. God never condemns the world, see? Never take half a verse or half a point when God said a whole point. It is important to look at the context and it's important to Seek God. Say, Lord, I want to understand everything. Unless we choose to live a lie and live in lies. We are people who should be seeking the truth. Who should be going to God and asking Him to reveal His truth to us. Jesus said this, Seek and you shall find. And God's word says, When you seek Him with all your heart, you shall find Him. There's something that we must do. It's not God that will come to us. We must seek Him with all our hearts. We want to really go to heaven. We must do our part, which is to seek God with all our hearts, which is to obey God with every bit of energy, every drop of blood we have. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. Verse 17 of John chapter 3. Whether the world through Him might be saved. God didn't send Jesus so that everybody can go to hell. No. He sent Jesus into this world so that people can go to heaven through Him. But there are a whole bunch of people who make the choice to go to hell. Why? Verse 18 says this. He who believes in Him is not condemned. 
those who really believe, which is, show by the action that they believe in Him, which is, act of faith, which is, providing proof or fruit unto repentance. Those people, they will not be condemned. But who will be condemned? But he who does not believe is condemned already. A man or woman who does not obey the word of God, who does not care to study the word of God, they are condemned already. Because they made their choice to reject God, to reject His word. Just reading Psalms a little bit here and Proverbs a little bit there and a little bit of the New Testament here will not take us to heaven. It's not going to take us to heaven. It's like somebody who says that, oh, I know a little bit of driving. You're not going to pass the road test if you know a little bit of driving. You need to know the rules. You need to know how to drive. You need to follow the speed limit. You need to stop when you have to stop. You need to pass all the points that the examiner would give you the examination for the road test. And if you want to maintain your license, then you have to drive and be a responsible driver following the rules of the road. People have enough fear to drive responsibly enough fear to study for the road test and to practice why they want to have the privilege of driving where in this world for how long for a short time as long as the spirit is there in the body but when it comes to heaven how reckless many people are they don't care Oh, I can't understand the Bible. I'm not going to read the Bible that much. It's hard for me to understand. Little that I know, that's okay. It's not okay. If we say we know a little bit of the Word of God, shame on us. Shame on us. Shame on us. Because we don't care to know the living Word of God. We must know the truth. This is about our eternal home, where we are going to live forever and ever. This is about our God who died for us. This is about the only one who can take us to heaven, who is the way, the truth, and the life. We cannot gamble with eternity. We cannot be lazy and give excuses. Who are we trying to fool? We fool ourselves. We don't do that. We don't give lame excuses when it comes to our jobs. We don't give lame excuses when it comes to driving. We don't give lame excuses when it comes to taking care of our health. We don't. But when it comes to soul, our soul, which is going to live forever, not the body, but the soul that's going to live forever, we barely put effort into it. May God help us. May God help us. If we are very shrewd, in the things of the world, how to be frugal with the money and how to be careful with our health and how to be very careful with our job and know how to be on time at the workplace and not miss a day and get a good reputation with the boss. 
you don't have a good reputation with God. Or you think that I do. Well, that's not how it is. It's not based on what you think. It's based on the record that God has in heaven. What is your grade? What is your grade? God is a great book there. If you don't know, you should know today. What grade has God given you? What is your reputation with God Almighty? Don't gamble with eternity. That which is born of the flesh is of the flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. And God says in His Word, just being born is not enough. Being born again is not enough. You can only see. And you can't enter in, but you need to be alive to enter in. A baby who is born is a good news. But the baby has to stay alive every single day. Baby staying alive every single day is good news. But the baby needs to grow. Baby physically growing is good news. But if the baby is not growing mentally, it's bad news. The baby can grow mentally, good news. But if the baby is not growing physically, it's bad news. We need to grow. Spiritually, we need to grow. Our soul needs to grow. We need to grow in the Word of God. We need to care about the growth of our souls. We cannot just give ourselves a grade and say, Well, I know I'm doing good. What does God say about you? God has His plumb line. God has His weighing scale. Do you know that? God says in His Word. He puts it in His balance. He said that about a heathen king. I found you wanting in my balance. God sees us. He weighs us. He sees our thoughts. He sees our motives. He sees our actions. And He knows it all. And this morning God is speaking to our church. Shape up. Shape up. Now Bethel International Ministries Church. Every person who comes to this church. Who hears the voice of the Holy Spirit. Must shape up must live according to the word of God, not have any double standard, double life like Nicodemus had, but really be simple, honest follower of the Lord Jesus Christ who would just do what he says. That the effect of the work of the Holy Spirit must be seen by others. Not just our own talk saying that, oh, my life is like this, I am like this, and God has to bear witness, the Bible says. The Spirit of God has to bear witness. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit should bear witness to our rebirth and to our living in the Spirit. And those around us should bear witness to our life in the Spirit. That we are not walking according to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But we are not doing Anything that is against the word of God. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who walks in obedience to the word of God is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. So God is actually telling who is condemned. 
because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What's happening? The word that God is giving, those who reject it, they are condemned. What are they doing? They bring themselves into that condemnation because they have refused the Son of God. They've refused the Word of God. The Son of God equals the Word of God. The Word of God equals the Son of God. And this is the condemnation, verse 19, that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. How are they? How are the people? They loved darkness more than light. Because of that, they were condemned. They rejected Jesus. Why? Because they didn't want the light. They wanted darkness. They made their choice. And because of that, they were condemned. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. I heard someone say this a day ago uh, during a young adults meeting this person said this everyone wants to do good there's no one who actually wants evil this is a contradiction why is the prison full of prisoners all over the world why there's so much abuse going on everyone wants to do good that means heaven will be full of people and hell will be empty it's a contradiction even according to common sense even according to common sense. How can, how can we close our eyes to the truth? Willfully, willingly close our eyes to the truth and just speak ramble rubbish in the presence of God. Rambling rubbish in the presence of God is not an ordinary thing. The Bible says, a fool, when he closes his mouth, will be considered wise. But when he opens his mouth, what happens is folly comes out. May God help us to measure our words in the presence of God. God's word says this, Jesus Christ, the light of all light, said this. This is the condemnation. What? That light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. These are people who love darkness. These are people who love to do evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. Thereby they hate God. And does not come to the light. Who makes the choice? People who do evil. They do not want to come. They don't blame Satan. These are people who make their own choice. Lest his deeds should be exposed. They don't want to come to the light because they're evil. They don't want their evil to be exposed, so they choose to stay in darkness. Verse 21. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Those who are doing right, those who are walking with God, they live in the light. And because what they're doing is right, they don't hide. They don't hide in darkness. That's what Jesus said. Because there's nothing to hide. They're honest and they're walking in the light. 
whatever, whatever they're doing is pleasing to God. So they don't have to hide to their in darkness. Who? The workers of iniquity. They live in darkness. They walk in darkness. But the people of God, they walk in the light. They live in the light because they have nothing to hide. Those who are in darkness, they live in darkness. They sit in darkness. They do not want to come to the light because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. All these things Jesus Christ spoke to. This one man who came to him during the night time. The teacher of the law. Supposedly knowing the word of God. Who was zero before Christ. Yet talked as if he knew something. Jesus had to put him in his place. And talk to him something very important. Which is life-giving to not only Nicodemus, to all of us today. And in the generations to come. John chapter 3 is a life-giving chapter. Now all these words Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. How much he took it that day, we don't know. Well, we know he came later on. Came out of his hiding. He made the choice to identify himself as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is speaking to our hearts today. We don't want to waste another minute. We don't want to waste another second. We don't want to be a fool before God, being wise in our own eyes. We want to be people who truly honest before God Almighty. Being wise in our own eyes will take us to the depths of hell. God is looking for integrity. God is looking for virtuous people. God is looking for humility. God is looking for people who stand up for the truth and live the truth. God is not looking for empty words. God is not looking for anybody to come and fill the seats. God is looking for people who truly would worship Him, who truly live for Him, who truly care to know the Word of God, study the Word of God, truly, truly obey the Word of God. We want to be people but truly call the people of God by God. That's the most important thing. We can say, like I said a little while ago, we can call ourselves the friend of God, the son of God, the daughter of God, means nothing. How does God see you? What does He call you? We can't simply say, well, I know He loves me. A lot of people say that. I know He loves me. 
We don't want to fool ourselves. Only those who obey Him, only those who love Him and follow Him, do the Word of God. As God say that He will love Him, His Father will love Him, and He will come and make the dwelling with Him. Only those who truly follow the Word of God and obey the Word of God are the ones who God will really say that you love me, I know that you love me, and will be known by Him. We want God to approve of us. We want God to say that we belong to Him. God is the only one who can say that. In His record book, we have to think about what's written there. Every day, what goes into the book? What does God say about me? Am I living according to the Word of God? Am I really living a life? The God will say, we can actually see the effect of the Spirit of God. May God help us to take this word that God has spoken this morning. Take it really deep into your spirit. As this very word of God will judge us. It judges us every day and it will ultimately judge us. May the Spirit of God work a deep work in our spirits. Today as we close this morning call with this word that God has spoken, we must come to terms with valuing, esteeming the word of God. We must come to terms with the importance of knowing the word of God and doing the word of God. We must give priority to the word of God. It's not just hugging the Bible, holding the Bible, keeping the Bible next to us. Those are all good things, provided we obey the Word of God. May the Lord bless us. I want to just take you to one more scripture that the Spirit of the Lord wants me to before we close our eyes and look to Him. John chapter 12, verse 48. John chapter 12, verse 48. I want to read in the New King James Version. He who rejects me, Jesus said this, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I've spoken will judge him in the last day. Jesus says this very clearly. What will judge us in the last day? The word that God has spoken. Especially when you look at the Word of God, we have to understand this is life to us and this is important. Jesus says this here. There is a judge for the one who rejects me. 
I'm reading from the New International Version. And do not accept my words. There's a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I've spoken will condemn them at the last day. They never say that, oh, God will not condemn me. God is all love. There's all self-deception. We don't want to open our eyes in hell one day. Thinking that, oh, I thought I'll go to heaven. I thought I was doing good. doesn't matter what we think. What does God's record book say? Am I living according to His Word? Do I care to know His Word? No one is going to come and stand with us on that day. It's going to just be you and God. No family, no friend, no relative, no pastor, no priest, no no one. We must be determined to please God Almighty. Jesus said this. Who is going to judge us? The words that God has spoken. Who will condemn us? The words that God has spoken. Jesus Christ said this, the God of love. He says, this is how you'll be judged. This is how you'll be condemned. So how important is God's word? We can never say that, well, I didn't have time to read the Bible. Well, I don't understand the Bible. I read, but I don't understand the Bible, so it doesn't matter. No. Those are all excuses. It doesn't matter. You can never say that, well, I broke the law because I didn't know the law. No. Whether you know the law or not, if you break the law, you'll get the consequence for breaking the law. Well, we know that. So we care to know the law. We know that. So very careful. To know the sign when there's a sign which says no trespassing. We never say that, well, I don't know the meaning of trespassing, so I'm going to hop, skip and jump over there. No. We're very careful when it comes to getting into trouble with the law in this world. It's a temporary place. So we're so careful. But when it comes to our soul, we gamble with our soul. We don't care. We don't care. What the heaven's court system has documented is the most important thing. And it goes by the word of God. The law book is the word of God. We can never say that I don't know, Lord. I didn't know, Lord. I'll say, no, 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 no. I gave you the Bible. I gave you the Holy Spirit to expound that. There's no excuse to say I didn't understand, so I didn't know that. And so because I know that, I didn't do this. And, no. Matthew 25 says, Not just those who didn't do what they were supposed to do, or they disobeyed God. But whatever the Lord had you to do, and you didn't do it, which is, oh, I don't know, that's why I didn't do it. All those things will be in that book. This is why Jesus said this, and God the Father said this in the Old Testament. Be diligent, be diligent, be diligent. That means, if you know that where you're going to go is the most important place, then the Word of God is going to judge you. It is so important for you to know the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Know the Word of God. 
The word of God is such a blessing for us. We live by his word. But you know what? If we don't care to know his word, and if it becomes our last thing to do, or it's not even on the list, or we just read it as a tradition, then we'll be in a very bad place. Because the very same word of God, which is a blessing to God's people, will become an agent of judgment to us. So, giving excuses as to why we're not reading and why we're not retaining, why we're not following the Word of God is not going to do any good to us because it's self-deception. Today, decide for yourself in the presence of God that you will give priority to God's Word. When God says forgive, forgive. When God says let go, let go. When God says don't worship idols, don't worship idols. Don't worship yourself. Don't worship any statue, don't keep any statue, God says. In the Ten Commandments, don't do it. When God says don't covet, don't covet. When God says don't lie, don't lie. Don't give any excuses. Oh, I lied because, you know, I was threatened and I got scared. doesn't matter. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Fear comes as a result of lack of faith. Oh, he did so much to me. She did so much to me. That's why I'm so bitter and that's why I'm holding on to it. doesn't matter. Want to gamble with your soul? Go ahead. May God speak to your heart to this hour. Live a life that is worthy of the call of God. Live a life that is pleasing to God. Live a life that is worthy of the blood that Christ shed for you on the cross. Don't blame another person for your mistakes because that will not be valid in the presence of God. Don't blame A, don't blame C, don't blame anyone. Blame yourself. Because we all will be held responsible for what we did. Eve inherited a curse when she blamed the serpent. Adam inherited a curse from God because he blamed Eve. Learn to take responsibility for your own actions. Don't blame another person. Look at your own actions. Look at your own words. Look at what you have done in the presence of God and thoroughly repent if you want to secure your eternal life which could be any moment so it's wisdom that speaks to us this morning through the spirit of God don't gamble with your eternal life as Jesus told Nicodemus if you want to see the kingdom of heaven if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven you must be born of the Spirit. As God's Word says, we must be led by the Spirit of God. We must live in the Spirit or we will die, God's Word says. That's our soul. If you want to go to heaven, if you want to live in heaven, if you want to live with God, we must be people of the Word of God. Care to know, understand, study, and obey the Word of God.
That's when the effect of the Spirit of God will be seen in our lives. It must be seen. Without it, there's no genuine walking with Christ. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning hour. Thank you for speaking to our hearts, Lord. There's so much error, so much lies out there. By grace, you reveal the truth to each one of us because we're seeking the truth. Your children, Lord, all of you people who are here, who are truly, sincerely seeking the truth, I pray that you will continue to speak to them, Lord. Jolt them out of this spiritual slumber in the name of Jesus. You're purging our church, O Lord. I pray, purge our church, Lord. Thoroughly purge our church, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. As we cry out to you day and night, asking for the fire of the Holy Spirit to continue to purge our church, O Father. Every brother, every sister, every child may be purged by the Spirit of God. That their walk with the Lord will become like the walk of the Lord Jesus Christ. That their talk will reflect their Savior. As Jesus was a man of the Word of God, may people become people of your Word. They may care to read and understand and obey the Word of God the effects of the Spirit of God may be seen upon their lives, O Lord, that you may bear witness to their true born-again experience, O Lord, which they must have every single day until we see you face to face. So as your servant, O Lord, this morning I pronounce your blessing upon your people. That whoever is worthy of this blessing, may the blessing of God rest upon them in the name of Jesus. That they may live a life that is pleasing to God, which will bear the fruit unto repentance. That the effect of the wind of the Holy Spirit be seen upon their lives, O Lord. Let no one be a forgetful hearer here. I ask you, Father, that you'll examine every heart, examine every motive, examine every word, examine every part of our church, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. May no one be found wanting in your balance. In the name of Jesus, I pray that the word of God may accomplish that which you have meant for it to accomplish, O oh Lord, this day. That this word that you have spoken to them may stick with them forever, no matter where they go, which part of the world they may go. That this word that you have spoken may stay with them, Father, to keep them secure and safe until they see you face to face. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.